Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Right. I mean, a lot of the girls we're reaching out to in context actually have a predator monitoring their steps. They have a lot going on that if if we approached in a simplistic way like that, we, we would put them in more harm or more danger than if we took the long ball approach. We, we, we want we want to show the love of Christ uh, in every situation, open-handed. You know, these young ladies' choices are their own. However, we also know that what does it profit if we gain the whole world and lose our soul in the process? If we approach only with a social justice approach, then then I, I wouldn't think we are a missions organization, but I don't think you can separate those things. When people are being actively exploited, when when the foundation of their even their humanity has been taken from them you start with them where you where you can michael bartell is the founder and director of free international a former pastor michael and his wife were led to start free international after serving as missionaries in southeast asia and realizing that human trafficking was not just a foreign problem with incredible stories of hope and healing, welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, I'm so glad you joined us on Life Support. And we're talking about a subject that fits right into kind of our wheelhouse here. We talk about topics that aren't often discussed on Christian media, we talk about things that the world has conjured up that really hurt people. But we know that Jesus is the Redeemer. He's the one who will come back and make everything right. Until then, it's the local church. It's the Church of Jesus Christ that is out there trying to make a difference. And one man who's doing that so well is Michael Bartell of Free International. And thanks for being back. Appreciate it so much. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it. I've got a million questions for you, but I want you, if you wouldn't mind, just give us a, a recap of what exactly Free International is and what your mission is. Yeah, so Free International is a missions organization. We work hand in hand with the church, uh, capital C, as well as local churches around the country to find, restore, embrace, and empower those who are being exploited through modern day slavery and human trafficking. Um, really believe the church is a centerpiece to everything God's trying to do in this world. Uh, it is his chosen agency to reach the world, small and great alike, whether that's a, you know, a boardroom in the middle of Minneapolis there or a legal brothel in Nevada. God has left us here, his church, to reach into those areas of this world so that none would perish. And so Free International's focus is on the vulnerable and the trafficked and the exploited and the missing. Uh, but we do it hand-in-hand, uh, hand, missions, church, partnerships, reaching the vulnerable and the exploited. You gave some statistics um, when we visited before about how many kids are being trafficked in our country, and it was a pretty staggering number. Um, are my kids safe? Yeah, so, you know, I get that question a lot, and it's an awesome question. I'm a father myself, um, and um, 
one of the things we have learned, and again, this this to me is uh, such an incredibly important, one of the reasons the church is so important in this world is, um, yeah, I believe kids are safe as they are connected to strong family environments and local churches. Community is everything in creating kind of youth that are Teflon uh, to to the predators out there. The predators out there, you know, very, 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 very few of of the pimps and the people out there we would worry about, um, uh, you know, just use violence or abductions or kidnapping. Those those exist, but they're the rarest of the rare. Most predators that are are kind of working to exploit our youth and our young ladies and women um, use other means, right? They use uh, boyfriending techniques. They they look for vulnerability and then they go to exploit it, right? And so so when we have churches that are really invested in our families, building stronger family units and invested in our youth and strengthening them, not only not only are they Teflon and, and largely protected, obviously we, we need to teach them situational awareness and other things like that, um, you know, on the day to day, we all need to know that. But um, but the, the lies of the enemy, let's say it that way, fall on deaf ears when there's strong, healthy family and community life that they're surrounded by. And so, um, so yeah, I think your kids are safe. And uh, I think the church has a great, uh, opportunity ahead to really impact our cities uh, as we strengthen our families and and um, build stronger communities and stronger youth because our youth are on the front lines of this every day. So we don't want our kids just protected. You know, we want our kids to be able to uh, be the front line, to be able to reach those who are being targeted and are vulnerable and are in family environments that aren't healthy and, and create that vulnerability. This might sound like an obvious question, but I can I can hear somebody saying or thinking, hey, man, I've got a lot of problems already. I mean, I'm trying to keep my kids safe from this gender stuff in school. I, you know, I'm trying to keep my marriage together. You know, um, the cost of living has gone through the roof. I'm trying to be pure. Why, why are you bothering me about these people who are being trafficked on the other side of the world? Why should I care? as a Christian, what would you say? Well, well, I, you know, I guess the pastor in me or the Christian in me, you know, I'd look to Philippians, right? Philippians, um, uh, Paul tells us we are to carry the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, who did not demand or cling to his rights as God, but left that status, that, that glory, that place he had in heaven, to dwell with us so that we might be in relationship with him. We we see it through the life of Christ. I mean, that first missionary leaves the glory of heaven to dwell with us and become like us so that he might uh, reach us and call us his children. Um, or even just sitting around the table with his disciples, it says Jesus knew he had all authority and all power. So he grabbed a towel and a basin and he washed feet. I think the very nature and character of God, if if we are going to be, if we're creatures created in God's image, which we are, and he is recreating us 
through him uh, saving us and restoring us on the day-to-day that we become like him. Our, our lives are important. We need to be taking care of our families. We need to be in great fellowship and brotherhood and sisterhood in our churches. But we also were left here for a purpose, and it's the same purpose he came uh, to us for, which is uh, to pursue uh, the reality that he wishes none should perish and that his gospel and his love would go forth into this world. So I know everybody's life's crazy. I know nothing's getting easier in this world. I know resources aren't where they used to be. I know not every issue can be everyone's issue, but what I do know is as we are present in our communities, we see this stuff, this vulnerability, these things playing out around us. We are mandated by God through his love to be present in the lives of those who need him. And uh, that includes the traffic. Yeah, of course, I agree with you. I think sometimes the church just needs a wake-up call because we can be awful insular. Uh, we can be very much looking inside. Um, and we we want people to come to know Christ. We want to disciple them. But what do you t- what do you say to people who separate the gospel from social justice or get uncomfortable that you call yourself a missions agency, but your number one goal isn't to pass out tracks in Africa somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, to me, it, it it's an awesome question, too. And, and uh, to me, a lot of this deals with the process of it all, right? I mean, a lot of the girls we're reaching out to in context actually have a predator monitoring their steps. They have a lot going on that if if we approached in a simplistic way like that, we we would put them in more harm or more danger than if we took the long ball approach. We 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 want we want to show the love of Christ uh, in every situation, open handed. You know, these young ladies' choices are their own. However, we also know that what does it profit if we gain the whole world and lose our soul in the process? If we approach only with a social justice approach, then then I I wouldn't think we are a missions organization. But I don't think you can separate those things when people are being actively exploited when when the foundation of their even their humanity has been taken from them you start with them where you where you can more with pastor paul and michael bartell in just a moment the name of this program is life support featuring trauma-based stories of hope and healing for information about life support resources for you or your church log on to lifesupportresources.org. Featuring small group curriculums, sermon starters for pastors, one-on-one support videos, and webinars for mental health professionals, all featured on the site, and it's offered at no cost. Again, log on to lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, to me, it, it it's an awesome question, too. And, and uh, to me, a lot of this deals with the process of it all, right? I mean, a lot of the girls we're reaching out to in context actually have a predator monitoring their steps. They have a lot going on that if if we approached in a simplistic way like that, we we would put them in more harm or more danger 
than if we took the long ball approach. We, we, we want, we want to show the love of Christ uh, in every situation, open-handed, you know, these young ladies choices are their own. However, we also know that what does it profit if we gain the whole world and lose our soul in the process? If we approach only with a social justice approach, then then I, I wouldn't think we are a missions organization, but I don't think you can separate those things. When people are being actively exploited, when when the foundation of their even their humanity has been taken from them, you start with them where you where you can. We we are not trusted because everyone they've ever trusted has has exploited them. So we have to earn a place of trust in their lives to move that down uh the field a little further let me say this one of the girls we um we rescued a few years back at one of our big searches um we were working with her social worker social worker showed us her file we have mous and you know it was all all good that we could be doing this and and this young lady she was 17 years old but um her file started when she was less than two weeks old her her mom tried to sell her at a laundromat. And for her whole 17 years of her life, she had been, uh, her file was just full of, of being prostituted, of rape, of incest, of, of all this stuff. And that's all she's known her whole life. So she has never breathed a trauma-free day in her existence. So when we approach as people of Christ, as missionaries, we have to take that longer approach into this. I believe God can heal, and I've seen him heal. I've, I've seen healings in front of my eyes. I haven't seen that take place uh, really as often in this world, but I, what I think God is doing, uh, in my opinion, is not only is he using us as the church, to reach these uh, young ladies and boys and families who are being exploited for the gospel. But he's also using these harder stories to transform the church, to understand what it, what, what is needed to truly love somebody forward in their new walk with Christ. And so, so I don't think you can separate, um, you know, that it, it, it really is simple to embrace Jesus and have him in your life that doesn't remove the complication of these girls' lives, which is, you know, has been nothing but trauma for all of their life. So we have to be embedded for the long haul in all these areas. And that, of course, is, is heartbreaking to even think about. But let's look at the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we sometimes, I think, underestimate uh, this pushback against the people that he hung out with and that he ministered to, this radical rabbi who wasn't going to play by the rules because the rules of the Pharisees, the religious leaders weren't important to him. It was the people that mattered to him. And I think of, you know, the woman at the well is an obvious example. You've had many husbands. So what does that mean? Um, you're living with one now who's not your husband. I mean, she could have been a woman who was being trafficked. She could have been a prostitute that was being used by somebody else. Certainly an outcast, at the very least, middle of the day, nobody else out there, nobody allowed to be near her except for the king of the universe. And there he was. And he just let her, bad pun, but he led her to the water. 
You know, he 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 led her right along. And what happened then? Well, she ran joyfully back to the village. And then what happened? A mass conversion of some kind happened. And so that act of just caring had huge ramifications. And I think that's what you're saying is like, hey, we are carrying yeah. the manner of Christ. But first, we need to minister to the people, right? That's right. Yeah, the gospel is never absent from our language or or maybe even more importantly, who we are, right? The reason we do what we do, because Christ did what he did for us. And and that that is um, a story that that these girls need to hear and we tell them. Uh, however, if the pimp is across the street watching, we can't stand there with the track in our hand because when she gets back on the other side of the street, she's going to be, you know, she's going to be beaten up. She, there's a lot of bad things that will happen to her. And so her whole life has been crafted around that reality. And so it takes that longer period of time. And and even like you said, I mean, in a similar way as the woman at the well, I mean, part of the issue there was she she was an outcast because she was damaged goods. I mean, back then, divorces, things like that, really overwhelmingly pretty much ruined your life if you were a woman, right? You were done. You were a beggar. You were a prostitute. Those those were the things that happened if in these broken relationships. And so um, same with these young ladies. I mean, a lot of them have criminal records, but it's of no fault of their own right? They were forced to do things. And then they took the brunt of what was forced on them rather than the person who was making them do that. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of complication in this. I, I've even had to learn that over my life. Um, when we lived in India, uh, one of the greatest churches I've ever been in was right on the edge of the red light district. And every Friday night, we'd have service with these young ladies, uh, knowing, and they were worshiping God, they raising their hands and singing to him. And we knew when that service was done, they still were going into that district, not because they wanted to, but because that was the life that was pushed on them. And so it took a lot of added work on our uh, part and the churches we work with part to get them out of that because they did not want to be there, but the choice was not in their hands. And so to me, that's where a lot of this social justice push I mean, I know that term's got some loaded uh, political leanings anymore to it, but but we we have to be able to provide more than just that moment on a Friday night on the edge of the red light district. We have to work on their behalf to get them out of that environment, maybe get that environment completely shut down and provide some real world uh, opportunities for them that they can embrace and, and gain value in what they're doing, not not be exploited through what they're doing i just have you for um a very short time and um, as we're talking you know i pastor a church that's out here in the suburbs um feels very disconnected um from red light districts and you know this is a, a wealthy part of the twin cities um, nothing wrong with being in the wealthy part of the twin mm -hmm. cities but how does the how does a believer that's living in the suburbs that attends a church like this one, how do we help? Because it's, we just seem so disconnected from this. Well, 
um, you know, we work with churches all over the country. There are a lot of different, you know, just uh, spiritual and philosophical as well as pragmatic ways to be engaged as a community of faith. We just we just worked with a you know a, a church in the suburbs there in in uh, Minneapolis who helped us search. You know, hosted you know those efforts and you know are looking to learn more so they can be more present in the need throughout the city even beyond just the suburbs you know being being uh to me awareness is important only if if your awareness helps engage an issue right otherwise it just becomes trivia information and so but being aware and and more present with the people around us you know, like I said before, um, we want to empower our kids and our families to be stronger families. And we want our church to be um, a bright light into the brokenness of that city. And so um, I, I, I think I think what you've even been talking about today as a leader of this church, obviously, you know, there, there's going to be a, uh, uh, an understanding or a growing understanding of what the scripture uh, tells the church. What does it mean to be present in our in our city, in our state, in our country's time of need? What does presence look like uh, toward the vulnerable and the exploited? We we work with a lot of churches in Vegas. We have weekly rentals um, all over the city. Just a ton of people live in this pay by the week, you know, little pseudo hotel rooms. And they by the thousands they live there, thousands and thousands. And so one of the ways we really began to make an impact with the churches there is we would, you know, once, twice a month, uh, bring in the grill and start flipping burgers and, and play with the kids and hear people's stories and pray for them, you know, and just be present in the middle of their need. Not everyone in these weeklies were being exploited, but a lot of ladies that we were able to get out of trafficking were in these weeklies. And it was our presence that built trust. And once they built trust, they were willing to tell us their story. And when they told us their story, we were able to get them help. So finding ways to be present where more vulnerability is, uh, even if it's as simple as flipping pancakes, you know, on Saturdays in the morning for the kids who might might be undernourished, right? Might be, you know, because there's vulnerability there. And so there are a lot of different ways, obviously, through prayer. You know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And and, and I think prayer is, uh, powerful prayer is so needed, you know, as we're addressing the, you know, current struggles in this world. Sure. So a lot of different ways. And, and we'd be happy to walk with you guys as well through, through that education and finding areas of uh, your own neighborhoods that, that could use a, a brighter presence of, of, the gospel in that community. How can I find out more about Free International? Uh, Free International's website is freeinternational.org. Um, and then we're all over social media. You can Google Free International. And uh, we pretty much pop up first wherever that is, unless you're looking for, you know, free international phone calls or something that'll filter <laughs> in there somewhere. But um but uh, and and you know we're if if you keep up with us, um, we have missions trips that that uh, teams of people come down to work with us in Las Vegas or around our big searches in different cities that we work in. So there's a real opportunity to to gain an education as well as you know in the middle of the cold winter of Minnesota, come down and 
and work in uh, work in Las Vegas for a few days, and uh, we can even help even more walk you through what it is we're seeing and how that might translate into real work in your own city as well. Well, you better be careful because there's Minnesotans on the phone right now uh, <laughs> taking their reservation. Come on down. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bartell, appreciate your time so much. Um, keep up the great work. I love your heart. And I know God's using you guys in a mighty way. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. You know, as we talk to Michael, uh, his heart for the oppressed just is so easy to see. And and he quoted um, a truth not long ago in our conversation, which is that every single person is made in the image of God. And that's really where this all starts. To God, every single person has equal value. The people he's talking about, those who are oppressed, those who society has discarded, were created by him in his image. He loves them deeply. And sometimes shocking to Christians like us is that God loves them just as much as he loves us. And so how can we turn a blind eye? How can we just say, we don't care, we're not going to do anything? And I would suggest maybe the place to start is to pray that God would open your heart. Pray that God would soften you, and maybe there's a way that you can lean into someone's life that really needs you. And I want to thank you for listening to Life Support. Uh, We're so thankful that Faith Radio gives us this platform at faithradio.com. We're also letting you know that you can watch a video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. And again, thank you so much for listening to Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.